0: second shattering cry echoed down the dark hallway. That was the vase in the foyer, thought Ryleth. If breaking the window hadn't stirred the residents from their slumber, surely this second, closer sound would make its way up the narrow stairs to the bedchamber and reveal that this home was being robbed. Next came the whispers, a strange mix of river and hill slang, halfling vernacular and gibberish. Three voices, two masculine, one feminine trying so hard to keep quiet that they circled back around to a normal volume, arguing with each other. One of the masculine voices, a gravelly but friendly voice, sounded to be the leader and the least clumsy. Ryloth couldn't hear movements to go along with his voice, and it was likely this fellow would have been much more successful without his companions. Unconsciously, he recalled Avalor admonishing him from years ago. hands work in pairs, in unison with one another. If we are to be partners, I need to trust that the left will not get in the way of the right. Amputation is so unpleasant. This thief needs an emergency procedure. Ooh, look at this one! The other masculine voice called out in hushed Common. If the glass and porcelain hadn't stirred the master of the house, then there'd be little hope of staying hidden now. Fortunately for the thieves, he won't be able to disturb their clumsy larceny. Rylith made sure of that just moments ago when he dropped the poison across the sleeping man's lips. A particularly nasty blend that Ryleth always felt conflicted about deploying. The liquid cinches the skin, causing a short, searing pain that snaps the inflicted to attention. They can't move or speak. However, realization manifests in an expression of fear. Ryleth is found to be universal amongst those he's dosed. Deploying this poison always follows the same basic outline. Dose the target, get the information, get out. But the first line is where Ryleth takes the opportunity to rewrite each script. For some targets, they haven't yet realized what's happening to them, and a threat goes a long way. A threat implies the possibility of cooperation and escape. That outcome, of course, is already predetermined, but they don't know that. Those are the boring ones. The dagger to the throat, do as I say and you may get out of this, blah blah blah. The lie, the do this as I say or else, more often than not, wastes valuable time. Target will try to blink out a bargain as the toxins move toward the heart, inducing cardiac arrest. Lying is never as interesting as the truth. Rilith much preferred the truth. You're moments away from death, he said to the master of this particular house as the old man's gray eyes shot open. There's nothing that can stop it now. You know what I am. The man nodded once, slowly, and with great effort. His eyes narrowed in understanding and anger good. Do you know what it is that I seek? The man blinked. His eyes darted to his left, lying motionless next to the poisoned man a the mass under a heavy quilt rose and fell with labor breathing. Don't worry, he's all right, Rylas said. Some bad dreams, I expect. A side effect of the paralytic. But we have no quarrel with your companion. Tomorrow won't be a good day, though. Waking up to discover one's lover died peacefully in his sleep will ruin anyone's week. The man's eyes narrowed again, anger bubbling up and forcing any fear down. A small twitch in the man's once-powerful leg almost made Ryloth flinch. Almost. Instead, Ryloth relaxed. Always one to enjoy a little theater, he waved his hands and ignited a wick in the bedside lamp. Another small gesture in the shadows it cast on the opposite wall began to unnaturally undulate, flanking Ryloth as if they were demented dancing soldiers falling in line behind their commander. Fear returned to the man's eyes then. Now we don't have much time. If you want Matthias here to experience that awful morning tomorrow and all the mornings the gods see fit to grant him afterward, you'll answer my questions. Once for yes, two for no. Though I expect this is not the first time you've had to answer questions as thus, Captain. Rylith was thorough. Avalor had been explicit with his instructions and the information needed from the captain. No, he doesn't recall a boy and an old elf traveling together. Yes, the logs still exist, hidden in a secret chamber in the office. Yes, the door is trapped and can be disarmed. No, they're not coded. Yes, they include the years in question, etc., etc. Sweat beaded down the man's face as the poison's effects gained strength. Ryloth thanked him for his cooperation and began to stand. Wait. Ryloth stopped, caught fully off guard. The blinking language of the cavern folk of the toasted shore was one of the rarest in the known world. This man truly lived quite the life to have encountered the cavern folk at all, let alone learn their language. Yes, Captain, you have my attention. But speak with haste, for you're not long for this world. With immense effort, the captain lifted his torso to bring his face closer to Rylith's. His long, gray hair fell over his shoulders, and as he rose, the blanket slacked, revealing the pale, bluish-black tattoo ink favored by the sailors of the Garris Sea. The captain's eyes, without fear, communicated his final request to his murderer. Rylith eased the man back to his mattress. He crossed the room and opened the shutters, exposing the moonlit bay in the distance. From the captain's window the Alaranya lighthouse was scarcely more than a candle on the horizon, and the constant roar of the Geerthridge port faded to a gentle hum. Seabirds cawed in the pre dawn, and powerful waves crashed against the break wall. A gentle breeze carried the scent of salt water into the fading light of the bedroom. Rilith waved his hands and the shadows rippled from the wall across the floor into the bed, where, if one didn't know any better, What could have been a strong wind rolled Matthias over to face the dying man. He will come to no harm by our hands, Captain. This I swear to you. And with that, the candle went out, and darkness filled the room. Rylus sipped from his flask as he stared across the empty office of the doorway, waiting with somewhat sinister anticipation for the thieves to try the lock. The Captain did Ryloth a favor when he exposed such rarefied knowledge as the language of the cavern folk. The trap was complex, even for Ryloth. After disarming and rearming the trap, he had discovered the hidden compartment with the ship logs and Captain's journals, forged copies concealing the information his employer sought, and was about to depart when he heard the first crash. Caution quickly gave way to curiosity. Captain's pirate past had surely made him enemies, but he had gone to such lengths to conceal his true identity. Surely this was mere happenstance. And these were simple burglars professionals who carry themselves. This must be it. Dear Con. these are some amateurs. Shh. You want to wake up the whole hillside? You need a reminder of who this guy was and what he'll do to us if we wake him up? If half the stories about Marjorin's past are true, then I don't want to be anywhere near this guy for a second longer than necessary. Now let's just try to find any record of his old crew and get out of here. The floorboards creaked just outside the door as Ryloth leapt forward, his mind racing to catch up. Marjorin was not a common name, especially in the northern Garris coast. There's no way this could be a coincidence. He should have recognized the accents, the vernacular. The clumsiness was certainly reminiscent of mystics in her party. Fractions of a second remained before one of these fools outside the room would touch the doorknob and probably lose a hand. Ryloth thrust out his own arm, gesturing with the hand to light the room's candles. With the first spark of light, Ryloth gathered the shadows and flung half of them through the cracks in the door in the direction of the thieves, With the other half he wrapped himself in an illusory disguise of common thief garb. Whoa, you feel that? Come on, you don'ts, act like professionals for a couple minutes, light and air. Someone's in here. They one stuff, boys. Ryloth's tools glowed as he set to work, disarming the trap. A magical lock meant to ensnare a potential thief's hand in a horrific claw. Someone in there? A voice called out in one of the stupidest moves Ryloth had ever seen from a thief. Joe, I thought your guy told you this place would be empty. That's what the man said, that it'd be abandoned and an easy mark. Well, the light certainly suggests otherwise. Don't blame this on me. I don't even know what we're doing here so far from home. Both of you shut up. Help me with this lock. It's really complicated. At least one of them has some sense, Ryla thought as he rendered the trap harmless. I kept the door locked. No reason to make this too easy for them. He took a step back, quickly scanned the room and grabbed a blanket off the couch to hurriedly fashion a makeshift sack. He stuffed some trinkets inside as the lock clicked open. The three figures all but toppled into the room, all small humans with slight builds. They dressed in similar light leathers and had their hair tied back with the same style. The guild, for sure. But last he knew, the guild opposed Miss Sticks and her party. How could she have taken control of that organization? Was that shown character really all talk? If these are members of his guild, he vastly misrepresented himself to the company and deserved his fate. Vast knave, drop what you're holding and raise your hands if you know what's good for you. The chipped steel the woman called Joe brandished wouldn't so much as scuff Rylas' enchanted armor. But as far as she knew, the man standing before her wore nothing but a simple leather doublet over plain dark tunic, rapier and dagger safely in his belt, and a tied-up blanket in his hands. Hold, friends, we're on the same side, Rylas said in Thieves' Cant, raising his hands as instructed and still holding the improvised loot sack. I don't like it, Vance. Just because he knows the lingo doesn't mean he's one of us. The bigger of the two men patted the head of his mace against his palm with forced nonchalance. He walked over to Rylith, trying to intimidate the stranger who scooped their score. Rylith shrunk a little bit and forced an over-exaggerated swallow. It's true, I'm not of your guild. But we share a purpose and a calling. There's plenty of loot here for all of us, though, if I may be so bold. You're a long way from Moonshadow. The would-be Intimidator threatened to brain Rylith with his mace. That is indeed bold, friend. Hey, you've got me three to one here. That's right. Will all of you shut up? Let's not overreact. Our brother here has a point. Plenty of loot. No reason for unnecessary violence. Especially the kind that could alert the very serious occupants. The last remark came out as a clumsy aside. Joe, Milo, put down your weapons. Let's talk this out like the honorable thieves we are. Let it be known to our comrades what kind of guild Knights Pass is running these days. Reluctantly, Joe and Milo put down their weapons, and Rylith relaxed. So far so good, and as long as the light didn't go out, his disguise would hold. Tell me, buddy, said Vance, the apparent leader. You freelance, or currently, but I did some time in Hare's Glen before my eyes started to wander. Ever been to the Western Isles? No sugarfoot McAllen? Can't say that I do. Would have been before your time. Convenient Milo once again stepped up to Rylith, who held his gaze, but blinked a few too many times. Need to let them think they could win this fight. Enough! We don't need to see a resume. He got in here, didn't he? Hey, pal, the owner is indeed away. or... Vance drew his thumb across his neck. Neither. If you'll let me... Rylith reached into an illusory pocket. Milo and Joe gripped their weapons, but Vance stalled them with a gesture. I have some silence, Stones. Paid out the ass for them, and plus noms are in itself, so you know they're good. Idiots love magic rocks. The owners are upstairs, sleeping soundly and blissfully unawares. At least, one of them is. Bravo, guy. Well, look, to help offset that cost, we're not gonna hassle you about any of the treasure here. Not what we're after, and you know how guild missions are, so... We can stay out of your way, and you can stay out of ours, and... We can both leave here richer than we came. Oh, so it's secrets you're after. There's a false bottom in that bust over there. Nothing too interesting to me, so i have it. The three night's passers lunged for the bust. Ryleth had changed every name of all the boys and older men to obscure the possibility of anyone seeking aliases for the earth at our air and the Fae Wizard who hid him. If he can keep these fools from going upstairs, this could end up being quite the success. Not only did he find the manifest and eliminate a possible loose end, but he also threw mystics at her friends off the... Here it is, Courtney Crock. She was on the captain's last voyage. It was years ago now, but here it is, Courtney Crock. Rigger! It looks like they sailed from Cape Crozai to... Oh, no, so for an island. Vance, that's on the other side of the world. You should call the boss and tell her it's her problem now. This is the best lead any of us have found. I don't want to let Martron down two mountain ranges in a desert, Vance. It'll take months without a ship. I have a ship. The three thieves all turned to look at Ryloth, as if they'd forgotten he was in the room. He shrugged. Like you said, I'm freelance. I got a big score going, and need an extra hand I'd be happy to offer my services. Guild scale's fine. I have no idea what it is you're after, but you sure seem excited. Sounds like it could be quite the adventure. fascinating. Avalor nodded as her servant walked over with a copper pot on a long handle to refill coffees. Rylith never saw his partner drink for pleasure, but whenever they found themselves along the central coast, the old elf made every excuse possible to take meetings at one of the many lavish coffee houses. All of her vices. I thought so. Apparently she broke into Knight's Castle and won the guild to her side. No matter. They have no idea what they're up against. Of course. Ryle sipped his own cup. His night with the night's past thieves had revealed much, which is always bittersweet when your business is to know everything. Under the guise of Robin Smythe, wandering rogue, Ralph was able to amicably resolve the situation from the night before. As far as the thieves knew, Robin worked the resort towns of Sulphur Island a few years back, and still may know some folks who know some things. He is a boat and is willing to join them on their mission, which is apparently to find someone very important to their leader. Just not the very important person the company thought they were after. Still, it's interesting they're looking for a woman when we were told the opposite. Are you confident in your sources? Careful, Rylith. You know how impeccably I vet my contacts. Rylith swallowed some coffee and changed the subject. How was court? Pff, court. The court of Gearthage is no more than a pleasure palace for temporary pirate lords now. No not a complete waste of time. The company's coins stopped the raiding around the Cape now that the Oyakota lines have opened, sure. But as usual, the true treasure was in the library. So you found it, then. He was here? An extremely odd elf was mentioned in the court records from 2093, which supports our timeline. According to the records, he was a bit of a windbag and talked all the other courtiers' ears off. Not particularly well-liked. A feast was thrown when he left, allegedly from Mediacria. You're joking. He was a student of history, if the records are to be believed. Ancient and austere, Mediacrians believe in absolute neutrality in all things. Their knightly order enforces their fanatic evenness, a paradox, naturally, with a ruthless zeal, but a total lack of prowess. Working in Mediacria is just phenomenally boring more than anything else. The only thing Rylith wanted to do less than go on this wild goose chase is argue with Avalor about how this is a wild goose chase. He was about to open his mouth when, it seems, we should split up. I'm sorry? The stick's thread is too obnoxious not to pull. You are right to be intrigued by it. Whether they are aware of it or not, these adventurers have embedded themselves in the machinery of this world. It's our job to ensure that machinery works smoothly. We must know more about this issue so that we can diagnose this problem correctly. Go with those thieves, learn more about who they seek and how we can use it to our advantage. After a moment, Ryla sighed, finished his coffee. He stood, smoothed his jacket, and looked toward the harbor. I guess I'm off to steal a boat. spotify exclusive podcast written and edited by me james gressel D and d is performed by beth radlock mike Sagan, james a janice and chelsea rebecca